Welcome to our class on Chassidus. We're going to be learning this week a beautiful Chassidic discourse from the Rebbe. The name of the Chassidic discourse is called Hey Cholzu. The Rebbe said this Chassidic discourse on Shabbos, Parshas, Matos, and Masai. That year was the 28th day of the month of Tammuz, which is also the Shabbos that blessed the month of Menachemov in the year Tavshin Memzayin 35 years ago. So again, the Chassidic Discourse is based on the verse in this week's Torah portion where it says, Heicholtzu meyitchem, to pick and gather from amongst you anoshim latzava, men for war, and they'll go out to Midian to take revenge for the Midianites. And the Torah is specific and says, Elef lamata, a thousand for a tribe, a thousand for a tribe. So the Rebbe says, we know the Chassidic Discourse um, uh, from the Alta Rebbe, in, in Lakuta Torah in this parsha, which is called the, Has- the Hasidic Torah portion, and in the Hasidic discourses after that as well, till the famous Hasidic discourse called a Chaltzu from the Rebbe Rashab, Nishmasi Eden, which generally speaking, the Rebbe has, has a connection to the time that we're in, besides the fact that it's a Torah portion of this week. And over there in the Hasidic discourse, they ask such a question. The verse says, So seemingly, means gather. Who should you gather? You should gather everybody. But the fact is, they weren't gathering everybody. So it should have said, with a yud versus a hey. Notice, what does hecholtsu mean? Gather everybody. And since it says, from among you, not everyone's being gathered. And like it says clearly afterwards, a thousand for a tribe, a thousand for a tribe. And obviously, there's, you know, there's always in Judaism, there's always two opinions, at least. So when it says a thousand for a tribe, a thousand for a tribe, so there's a debate whether it's a thousand per tribe, or it's actually twice a thousand per tribe, so it's two thousand per tribe. But anyway, but that's not the most the important point here. But the point is, whether it's a thousand or two thousand per tribe, it's only some amongst you. So then it's, you know, if we, so it should have said Yecholzu, not Heicholzu. So the question is, why is it used the term Heicholzu referring to what? To gather from uh, everybody. Also, they're asking another question. Why is it this war against the Midianites was through Moshe Rabbeinu? And up to the point we know Moshe Rabbeinu went on self-sacrifice for this war. And like the Medrash says, and it's brought down the Chassidic discourses, that even though Moshe Rabbeinu knew that after this war, unfortunately, his time was up. He's going to go back to heaven. He's going to pass on. But nevertheless, he could have could have prolonged the war. He could have not gone right away because that would give him more time in this world. No, Hashem said, "Go to war." He went to war and he went to Messias Nefesh. He didn't hold back anything, and actually, he went quickly. And the question is, why was it so important that Moshe Rabbeinu should be so involved in this war? So Rabbi says it explains based on what's brought down in the Hasidic discourses as follows. What is the war against Midian? So again, obviously there's the country of Midian, we know that. But what is the spiritual war against Midian? Everything that takes place in the physical world is a spiritual war. The spiritual war against Midian is, is, the, is to subdue the klipa, the spiritual negative shell of Midianites. So Midian represents a, a very, very strong negative energy. And the war against Midian was to get rid of that negative energy. What is the negative energy of Midian on a spiritual level? So in, Z- in the Zoyer it says, Midian, I'll say it in, 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 in the language of the Zohar, and I'll translate it, Midian is the negative energy of Madoin Umariva. Conflict. Lack of unity. 
hostility, hate, anger, anything that goes in, 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 in arguing and conflict, that's what Midian is all about. Midian is all about conflict, not getting along, fighting, etc. So what's the war against Midian? Is to fix the conflict, to fix the war, to fix the negativity. How do we do that? By the opposite, by bringing in peace and unity. So again, to be clear, what is the essence of Midian? Conflict, hate, animosity, etc. What is, how do we fix it? By bringing in peace and unity. So if God forbid somebody is in conflict with somebody, to spell it out, you're a Midianite. Versus our job is to be what? Not Midian. We want to be in peace and unity. Up to the point that it's not just to create peace and unity, but you have to get rid of the klipa, the negative energy of Midian, of conflict, up to the point where we know the Kabbalah says, you have to take a dark moment of conflict and turn it around to something positive. And like it says clearly in the Torah, and when it speaks about the war with the Midianites, so what does it say there? You have to go ahead and gather the spoils, and you have to get the, the loot, and it was all brought back to the Jewish people. And a part of it wasn't just given to the Israelites, it was given to the Levites and to the priests. In other words, before all these spoils were where with the Midianites, it means the Midianites had control and they bringing conflict into the physical world. We were taking back that and elevating it and bringing it to a place of peace and unity. Because before it was, it was connected and it was the attached to the, to the negative energy of Midian. And that when, when it was brought back to the Jewish people, it was transformed up to the point of the Israelites, the Levites, and the priests. It was transformed into a very positive space. And like it's explained in, in detail, the different um, uh, parts of the way the spoil was divided up in the, in, in the Torah. And those, so we, as you see, the way, it's, the way it played out on a physical level, obviously that's the way it's on a spiritual level. And the same thing is the opposite. The way something is on a spiritual level, that's the way it plays out in the physical level. In other words, so what do we see clearly from what is saying is that the war against Midian is a war against the klipa, the negative energy of conflict. What is the goal of the war? To take the conflict and transform it into something, peace and happiness and, and unity. So now we know what we need to do. We need to go ahead and take away conflict, take away negativity, take away, take away animosity, and create peace, create unity. How do we do that? The Rebbe explains the way you accomplish of nullifying the klipa, the negative energy of Midian, which is represented by, by the opposite of, 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 uh, of peace and unity. It happens through Torah. In other words, because we know that the whole purpose of Torah is to bring peace in the world. Like it's brought down, Maimonides writes in the end of the laws of Hanukkah, the whole purpose why Hashem gave us the Torah, we're learning Torah is, so that we can create peace. Very, very important. The purpose of Torah is to create peace. So if you don't have peace in your life and you're learning Torah, you have to question yourself, maybe you're not plugged in correct, correctly. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't learn, you should continue learning. But the learning is supposed to, is supposed to create an impact on peace. Up to the point that even when it comes to like a a, 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 um, a conflict in Torah. So we know that it says in the Talmud, a beautiful piece of Talmud, look it up in, in Tractor Condition, um, page 30, the second side of the page, it says like this. So it says that even a father and a son and a teacher and a student, when they're learning, they get into conflict. Because, listen, I say this, you say that, and so on and so on. There's conflict when you learn. 
good conflict, but still conflict. But it says in the Talmud, after the learning, I don't mean after the learning, but when learn when the towards the end of the session of the father and the son and a, and a parent and a and a teacher and a student of, of studying, at the end they become become lovers, they become friends, and they are friends. And based on the verse where it says in the Torah. Es Vahab Basufa. So over there it's referring to two places the Jewish people journeyed. So the way it's translated is Es Vahab. Vahab comes from Ahaba. Basufa means at the end. So at the end is love. So maybe initially it looks like when two people are learning, they're arguing, and someone says like this, and I'm right, and you're wrong, etc. But at the end of the study session, they love each other. There's no hate, there's no animosity. They were just discussing some piece of Talmud. But the back to the point. So what the Rebbe is saying is like this. Peace comes from learning Torah. So you're going to say, what do you mean? Torah people argue in Torah. It looks like they're arguing. In the beginning they're arguing, but at the end there's always peace. But the point is that Torah brings peace. It does, maybe it doesn't look like it. At the end there's always peace. There's always love there. Now, but the Rebbe makes it clear. Since Torah, yes, people argue in Torah, because it's my opinion, your opinion, the right, the left, and so on and so forth. So you have to make sure when you're learning Torah, that you should learn not in a way, and I'll use a Kabbalistic phrase, of Nitzachan. We know one of the spheres is Nitzachan. What does Nitzachan mean? I want to win. If you want to win, that's not, that's not peace. So you shouldn't be learning where I'm right and you're wrong. Hello, there's a reason why you're right, why you are the person wrong. And if your intent of learning is that you 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 know you're using out your learning your learning to just use your energy of Nitzachan to show that you're right, that's not going to work. But you have to learn Torah, so you have to learn Torah, but not with, with a, a level of Netzach, I'm right and you're wrong, but you have to learn Torah L'Shema. What does it mean Torah L'Shema? You're learning for what, what does Hashem want? What does Hashem want? What is Hashem saying? So not like, I think this is the answer, or you, what I'm saying is right when you're saying is wrong, or vice versa. No, what is Hashem saying here? Once it's what Hashem is saying, it's not personal. And then, then there's no conflict really. We, all, we both want to know what Hashem wants from us. So then what happens is when you're learning Torah, that's ingredient number one, and you're learning Torah, you're learning Torah because that's what Hashem wants, then even when you're arguing in Torah, at the, at the end, you're going you're gonna to still love each other. So in other words, like this, Rabbi saying is like this, in order to create peace, it comes through learning Torah. But learning Torah in a way, you're learning it small. But if you're learning it and at the end there's conflict, you didn't learn it for the right reasons. So it's not just learning Torah. You have to be learning Torah and learning Torah for Hashem. And the proof is in the pudding if after the studying you still love each other. And this is what the idea of learning Torah l'shma for Hashem. And like it's brought down, the Rebbe says in many, many places in Chassidic Discourse and especially of the, previ- of the previous Rebbe, that when a person learns Torah, not to prove that he's right or she's right, but the, to, make, to bring out that I want to bring my, make sure my point is heard. But you're learning Torah for Hashem, it's because Hashem's Torah. What does Hashem want from us? And as you're learning Torah for the sake of Torah, not for your sake, that you want to bring out your right. Then the learning is from love. So again, Torah, Lishma, and then, then, then you'll have love. And simply speaking, the Rebbe says, even the difference of opinions in Torah, this one says it's forbidden, and this one says it's, it's okay, this one says it's kosher, this one says it's not kosher. The truth is, we know that in the Torah we say, when someone says it's right, someone says it's left, they're both correct. Depends on what perspective you're coming from. So therefore, even when, when you have two different opinions, it's not, God forbid, that this one's right, that one's wrong. They're both right. So therefore, Torah is always about peace. 
And the same thing also Rebbe says, and even more so, when it comes to Jewish law and Torah. When you learn Torah and you want to have, what's the, what is halacha, what is the Jewish law? You have to come to the law from a place of, and a key word, and we learned this many, many times, so this, you have to come to it from a place of bittal, a place of acceptance. And that's what we see clearly, it says in the Talmud, in reference to King David, we know King David learned a lot of Torah and he gave a lot of rulings, so the Talmud says clearly, by reference to King David, Hashem imoy, Yudke Bavke, Hashem was with King David, and the halacha is like King David, not like Shaul, why? Because when Shaul, when he learned, it was all using his own intellect, his own logic. However, when we know King David, he had tremendous humility. In Hebrew, it's called Anava and Bittal. He was totally of acceptance. So because he was learning Torah, he was learning Torah the Shema, and he was learning Torah with Bittal, so we say, um, in reference to King David, Hashem is with him, because he learned the Shema, and he had Bittal, and the Halacha is like, like King David. And that's why the Halacha is according to him. Because he learned Torah, he learned Lashma, and he learned it with Bittal. So then what happens is not only the, the learning Torah creates peace, but even the Jewish law in Torah is in a way of peace. And now, based on this, Torah explains beautifully why we ask, how, what's the connection with Moshe Rabbeinu and the war of Midian? And he went in a serious nefesh, that he should be part of the war, even though he was going to die. Because... What's the connection with, with the war with Moshe Rabbeinu? Because what's Moshe Rabbeinu? Moshe Rabbeinu is all about Torah. Like we know, it says clearly, Zichru Torah Moshe Avdi. It the prophets, you remember the Torah of Moshe, my servant. And as we see that Torah is called on Moshe Rabbeinu. And by through learning Torah, you nullify the, the, the klipa of Midian and, and you create true peace and true one, oneness. Again, just to recap, what the Rebbe is saying is, what's the issue with Midian? The klipa of divisiveness, arguments, conflict. Our job is to create peace. How do we create peace? By learning Torah. Learning Torah not in a way that it's my opinion, but really learning Torah the Shema, and with bittal and acceptance. And that will create the ultimate peace, and that will abolish and eradicate any level of conflict which is part of the klipa of Midian. Now, the Rebbe says to understand all this, like, even deeper. The Rebbe says we're going to understand this based on what's brought down in, in the continuation of the Chassidic Discourses, where it says in the Talmud as follows, whoever learns Torah and Lashma, remember, you're learning Torah and Lashma, learning Torah is not enough, you have to learn Torah for the sake of Hashem, what you do is you accomplish peace on the heavenly sphere and on the lower sphere. I'll say it in Hebrew. Kala oisuk b'tayr l'shma. Whoever learns tayr for the sake of Hashem, meisim shalom b'palmalia shalmaylo b'palmalia shalmata. You bring peace on the higher levels and the lower levels. What does that mean? There's on a simple level. It means very simple. What's the higher spheres? Is referring to the higher worlds. And what's the lower spheres? Referring to the lower worlds. And in both worlds, the higher worlds and the lower worlds, you create peace. So learning tayr l'shma creates peace in the higher worlds and the lower worlds. And it's also brought down the Hasidic discourses that the same thing applies not only in the higher worlds and the lower worlds, but in the whole level of, in Hebrew it's called, in Kabbalah it's called Seder Hishtalsos, the whole flow of energy, the way it goes down from world to world, from sphere to sphere, you create peace on all the levels. Because the fact is, on every single level of Seder Hishtalsos, you have the higher and the lower. And in every place you create peace between the higher and the lower because the fact is there's always something which is higher in every in every level 
Every level, starting from Atsilas down to Asiya, in every sphere there's a higher and a lower, and the goal of Torah is to create peace between both of them. And again, t- learning Torah, Keith word, Lishma. And more specific, Jerba says, this idea, it, it applies to every one of us in our service of Hashem. We say, in, we say it many, many times, because we're here to serve Hashem. So it's our spiritual work, that we make, we make peace between our higher level and our lower level. What does that mean? What does it mean, our higher consciousness and our lower consciousness? So it's brought down to this, our higher consciousness is referring to our intellect, and our lower consciousness is our emotions. So the fact is, we all know that the root of all conflict is that if you get to the root of it, should I go to the right, go to the left, one is coming from your intellect and one is coming from your emotions. One is the higher consciousness, what's the right thing to do? Let's say, for example, go to the right, and the emotional thing wants to go to the left. So you have a conflict between the, between the higher and the lower, with the intellect and the emotions. Learning Torah will create peace between our conflict of the intellect and the emotions. Now, what is the peace? When you create peace, if the intellect, for example, says go to the right, and the emotions say go to the left, how's Torah making peace? And the peace is that the we all know the intellect is usually correct. So the peace is that the emotions are willing and happily to follow the intellect. Which in Kabbalah is called the, the, uh, 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 the empowerment of intellect over emotions. In other words, it's possible the intellect will say, listen, I'm going to go to the right. So intellectually, you're out to lunch on the right. And emotionally, you're living on the left. You can literally living two lives. Intellectually, you know, this is the right thing to do. And this is my head is there. And emotionally, I, I, you know, I go and I, I go party. I do what I have to. I follow the emotions. Two different worlds. You can have a split personality. But that's not peace. So what is peace? When the intellect inspires and takes the emotions to follow the intellect. And when the emotions follow the intellect, now you have peace, because both the intellect and the emotions are going the right one direction. And Rebbe says, it's, um, <clears throat> you can say, for example, an example of a famous story that the previous Rebbe said, a reference to, there's a famous uh, Hasidic saying that says as follows. I'll say it in, in Hebrew, and I'll translate, and I'll explain it. The, expre- the expression is, I'll say it in Yiddish, their talk is anatolk. It's a Yiddish expression. What is it referring to? So, and, and, which means basically, a tulk is, is is not is not an order. What does that mean? So, tulk actually is made up of three letters: tough, lamed, kuf. It's referring to a year in in Hasidic history, in the year of tough kuf lamed. So, tough kuf lamed has the letters of tulk. So, what happened was in that period of history, the year of tulk, tough kuf lamed, the 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 behavior. Of, 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 the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the people were very, very wild. They would sing and they would dance and they would, you know, they would do tumble sauces. There was no structure in their life. It was just life of chaos. So the altar was said in reference to that year, that's not, a, that's not a way to behave. Why? Because even though, you know, the emotions are fired up and you're singing and dancing and making tumble songs, but again, we have an intellect, Chabad. We need to lead our lives based on intellect. Yeah, we have to be emotionally excited too, but not that the emotions should lead our life. And Rasha said it's not a way to live. Why? Because the intellect has to, has to lead us. The emotions follow. Yes, we're emotional people and we're excited and passionate and compassionate about life. But the intellect has to be guiding us. So that's what he's saying is a talk, the life of, of that year, which was full of chaos and drama, is not a, it's not a way to live. Why? Because the intellect has to be the guiding force in our lives. 
And Rebbe says he'd like to add to this as follows. It also applies in, in generally by the Jewish people. Why? Because you have the Palmalia Shomayla, you have the higher, like a higher level of, of, of the Jewish people, which is referring to who? The people that sit and learn Torah, people that are occupied with, 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 with going to shul and, and studying and teaching Torah, which generally speaking in the Jewish world is called the Yisachars. The Yisachars are the ones that learn Torah and teach Torah. Then there's also the lower, the lower level. What is that referring to? The Zvulon, the people that are in business and commerce. But you have to make peace between them. You can't say, listen, intellect, the, the people that learn are the elite. The people that are in business, they're the lower levels. That's, that's not going to work. You want to create peace between the two of them. And not only do you want to pay, you actually create a partnership between the them. Like it's brought down in the code of the Jewish law that you can make up a deal. The, the person studying Torah makes a deal with the person in business that the learning that he's studying should be for the person doing business and in order for him to support him. So they're both benefiting. This one's learning Torah, this one's in business. This one's giving some of the reward of learning Torah to the one in business. The one in business is supporting the one learning Torah. And like the like there brings from the from, from the uh, altar of Entanya in Igeris HaKodesh, the end of chapter 5, so he says over there, Tamchin Daira There are people that based on the verse in the prophets, the people that what? That support the people learning Torah. And it says in the prophets, those that hold on to the Torah are, are blessed. And so the same thing also, those that support the Torah are also blessed. So the idea is to create peace between what? Two different types of Jewish people. One that sits and learns Torah a whole day, one that's in business, and create between, peace between the two of them. So based on this, Reb explains beautifully why the war against Midian was specifically through Moshe Reino. Why? Because you have to create unity between intellect and emotions. And the same thing also, you have to create, by the Jewish people in general, you, know, you have to create in, uh, the unity between intellect and emotions within, the, within each individual. You have to create unity and peace between the two types of the Jewish people, Yusachar and Zvulun, the person that's learning Torah and person in business. And it's not enough um, just to learn Torah. You have to have the unity. You have to have, you have, to have peace. And, and in order to accomplish that, you can't even just ask the priest that, that was in those days, or, or, the, or the judge that was in those days. Even though the, the priest is someone that learns Torah and he, and, he, and he can make rules in Torah, etc. But who do you have to ask to create the ultimate peace? You need to ask the visionaries of the generation, the Ene Ha'eda, the leaders of the Jewish people. And like it's brought down, the author explains in Tanya, who are the leaders of the Jewish people? <coughs> That's that. Those are the the the, the moichim, which is connected to Moshe Rabbeinu. So, in other words, that's why it had to be specifically to Moshe Rabbeinu, because Moshe Rabbeinu is the leader of the Jewish people. He was he has the eyes of the Jewish people, the intellect of the Jewish people, and through Moshe Rabbeinu, he created real peace and real unity. So, based on this, Rebbe explains beautifully something like this. Now we'll understand the lesson from this Hasidic discourse that you have to have the war against Midian. And what's the purpose of the war? That you have to create peace and love. And specifically based on it's brought down, there it brings a beautiful, a powerful story um, of the previous Rebbe on this Hasidic discourse that he, he that, uh, that there was once said on uh, on Simchas Torah and afterwards another time, Shaz Parshas Noyach. And so the famous story that the Alt Rebbe said that in reference to religious people that were learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, but there was a lack of peace. And the altar was said when he's more afraid from religious people that learn Torah and do mitzvahs, but they're not peaceful than someone that's not religious. 
Because unfortunately, peace is the key to all the blessings. On the other hand, as you can learn Torah, you can do mitzvahs. If there's lacking peace, that's the source of all the problems. And it's actually a beautiful uh, 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 um, a sicha from the previous rabbi. I printed it in the in, in the back of the book of Ranat. Um, um, this this story about the Alter Rebbe, but you see from here clearly that what's important is heicholsu. You have to gather everybody. Everyone has to be gathered through Moshe Rabbeinu to create peace, love, and unity. And this is a lesson. Now it's supposed to to gather everybody, even though seemingly only gathering some people. Because no, when it comes to peace and unity, you have to gather everybody. And it's a lesson to every single person. And there is not only is every person, even women are obligated in this. Why? Because we know women are exempt from mitzvahs that are, that are, that are constrained to a certain time. This is not a mitzvah constrained to a certain time. So it applies to everybody. And Rebbe finished off and he said, it should be the will of Hashem. There should be peace in the lower spheres. And peace in the higher spheres, which is in, which is also including peace between the soul the way it's on high in heaven, or like it says, the way the souls in level of Tahiri in the world of Atsilas, and the way the soul comes down to this world. You want to create peace with the highest level of the soul and the lower level of the soul, up until the ultimate peace, which is going to be when Mashiach comes. Because then what's going to happen is we're going to do kemitzos ritzaynecha. We're going to do the mitzvah. It's not because of any agenda or any benefit or any reward. We're going to do the mitzvah because it's Hashem's mitzvah. And Hashem wants us to do the mitzvah. And that's the ultimate peace. And Rebbe says this, um, it's going to happen when Mashiach comes. And it's going to happen bekarev mamish. Very, very soon. And it's going to happen besimcha with joy over tov leivav and gladness of heart. So here again is another beautiful, beautiful chassidic discourse of the Rebbe about the importance of peace because peace is key to all the blessings unity is key to all the blessings and if you want to have peace and you want to have unity it comes from learning Torah learning Torah Lashma for the sake of Hashem and learning Torah and, and, and humility like Moshe Rabbeinu and if we continue to learn Torah we learn Torah Lashma we'll have the blessing of peace and unity, and God willing, Mashiach will be here, and the next class will be in Yerushalayim, Ir HaKodesh. Have a great and blessed week. Shavua Tov.